the fifth precept of the church, everyone's favorite precept. There's been thunderous applause at every Mass that I've announced it at. You shall provide for the needs of the church. Everyone's favorite, huh? It's even better than you have to go to Mass every Sunday. And yet, this is a precept of the church. Of the, of the six things that Mother Church had given to us as the things that are the very necessary minimum for us to maintain our spiritual, our spiritual state and to be members, active members of the body of Christ, simply in short, to, to be practicing Catholics, it is for us to ensure that one of these things is to provide for the needs of the church. And it isn't just because the church is a money-hungry uh, money hungry bride who just wants to have lots of things and to be able to amass massive amounts of wealth, wealth unto herself, as much as the secular world might, as, might accuse us as such. They think we are just a whole bunch of money bags walking around uh, that are just, you know, we're, we're just, you know, a bunch of uh, smog dragons laying in our gold, uh, you know, just filled up and just wallowing in it. And this is not the case. Rather, Mother Church tells us to be able to provide for the needs of the church and to, in the sense of offering something of our time, something of our gifts, and something of our financial gifts. This ultimately comes from the point of uh, the, the body of Christ, right? So we know St. Paul frequently speaks about the body of Christ, that we are all members of the body, that the eye cannot say to the ear, I do not need you. The hand cannot say to the foot, I do not need you. We do not lop off parts of the body simply because one member decides that they are not, uh, they're not really important enough. This is certainly not the case. St. Paul instead reminds us that we all have need of one another, that every member must rely upon one another. And indeed, that every last one of us has gifts and talents that have been given to us by God for a particular purpose, for the building up of the kingdom in some concrete manner. And he expects of us to do this. It's our thoughts of the Lord who gave us that exact command as he gave the parable of the men with the talents, the one who received five, the one who received two, the one who received one, the one who made five doubles, the one with two doubles, and the one, who, the, single, the one who had a single talent, he goes and out of fear, he buries it. He doesn't do a single thing with it, and then he comes back and digs it back up when, uh, when his owner comes back, when the, the businessman comes back, and he gives him back the same exact thing that he was given with not even a little bit of interest. And for this, he is condemned. And it's a simple lesson that the Lord gives to us there, that, that God has entrusted things to us that he has given us some particular uh, gift, whether financial, whether personal, whether, whether you know, relational. A whole variety of gifts are bestowed upon us as members of the body, and woe to us if we do not use them. They will lead simply to our condemnation, as what Christ had desired of us, what he had willed for us, was left undone. So this is our invitation to be able to do things for the building up of the body of Christ and ultimately for the glory of the Lord. This is why I've been badgering you all for the past few weeks to be able to sign up for flock note, to fill out your talent tally, to fill out the registration form. That's why we keep putting in the bulletin the online giving, right? It's why we're making all of these things kind of prominent is because we as members of the body of Christ, we have a mission. We have something to do. Our Lord, whenever he ascended into heaven, he didn't simply say, well, it's been great, guys. Just kick back and relax and enjoy, you know, and enjoy the weekends, huh? You know, take some rest on Sunday, though. Be sure to take some rest, right? No, he said, go 
baptize the nations in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I commanded you. And he entrusted the church with a mission to be able to bring the good news of the gospel to every last soul in this world. And we're not done yet. There's still much work to do. There are many who do not know the sweet name of Jesus. There are many who, having heard his name, do not understand or have not experienced his goodness, his mercy. It's we who are trusted with the mission to be able to bring these things out, to be able to receive of these gifts of ourselves, to recognize the blessings that we have received in having the gift of faith, and then to go forth and to share that with the world. This is our mission, the mission of the entire church, and a mission which every last one of us is called to participate in some particular manner to some particular degree. With this precept, Mother Church doesn't give us uh, a lot of exact details on things. Because, again, all of us are in a different situation. Uh, there are some who, uh, some who are single, some who are married, some who are widowed. Uh, there are some of you who have uh, lots of children, some of you who have no children, some of you have grandchildren, some of you wish you had grandchildren, and a whole bunch of things in between. Everyone has different things happening in one's own life. The reality is that, in the end, whatever our life looks like, it is, it is we who are entrusted to the good Lord to be able to spend some time considering how it is that we make a gift of ourself to the church. This was the invitation of St. John Paul II in his document, Redemptoris Missio. A document uh, means uh, the mission of the Redeemer. And so it's a document on, on Christ. What is, the, what is the mission of our blessed Lord? And it's a, an entire document on the, the aspect of evangelization, of going out and, and the mission agentes, the mission to the peoples who have not yet heard the word of God. And as he, he speaks of this, he also talks about the mission, just kind of broadly speaking, that is now that of the church, because the mission of Christ has been given to us. And in the 74th section of, of that document, He's speaking about uh, particular ministries, and he's speaking about catechists and the role of catechists in the, in the, in the local church, the role of catechists, how important they are in, in, in imparting the faith and, and bestowing the gift of faith. Uh, and yet, he, you know, he says, but not only the catechists, and he goes on a whole list of people who are involved in the various ministries of the church. He says, those who are involved in the sacred liturgy, those who are involved in the charitable works, those who help with the administration, those who help with, with just the, the ordinary functioning of daily life in the offices and these kinds of things. He says, all of these are, are important and necessary ministries in the body of Christ the church. And he concludes that paragraph listing a whole variety of ministries with a simple statement, but an important one. All the members of the laity ought to devote a part of their time to the church, living their faith authentically. All the members of the faithful ought to devote a part of their time to the church, living their faith authentically. The reason he says this is because if we are to do something for Mother Church, it usually takes some time, right? And so if we are to, if we are to do, devote some time to Mother Church, to be able to live our faith, lest we simply become parasitic who, who you know, come and receive and receive and take and take, but never actually give nourishment to the rest of the body. He says, lest we become that, we are called to, to give something of ourselves back to the church for the continued forwarding, moving forward of the mission of Christ. And so it's important for us to make time we usually don't just find time. Most of us don't have plenty of extra free time. We're just looking to fill with things. But we make time for the things that are most important for us. And if the church is important for us, then it's for us to be willing to set aside time for her, 
to be able to do something for her. What this looks like for each of us is different. The amount of time that each of us sets aside is different. But it is important for us to do something to be willing to set aside time to be of service to our blessed Lord. And that means then necessarily that we use the gifts that have been given to us to do something with that time. This is one of the great treasures that I've been blessed to see happening within our own community in recent weeks. How a variety of things are able to happen when a person who has a particular skill set that I myself do not possess is able to, to say, hey, Father, I would like to take, to take care of this project. We would like to do this thing. Go ahead. And beautiful things begin to happen simply because someone has a skill set, someone has a gift, and they see a need in the body of Christ, the church, and they go and they do something about it. Tremendous things happen when we simply allow ourselves to be in, in, at service of the body of Christ, the church, at service to the world through the church, whenever we recognize the gifts that we have and are willing to put them to use in the community. This is something that glorifies the Lord because we see the tremendous variety of gifts that are present in the church, and we see just how incredible God is in giving each of those individual gifts. So also we build up the body of Christ. We nourish one another. We, we serve those who are in need. How many times it is that, that our blessed Lord, whenever we are in need, he does not simply do things himself, but he does them through another person. And sometimes we are the other person who is being the instrument of Christ for someone who is in need. It's these things that the blessed, our blessed Lord entrusts to us is to be able to devote ourselves to these things in a spirit of generosity. Again, according to our ability, according to our state in life at a particular time, but to be willing to give of ourselves shows our blessed Lord that he is important to us, that he is among the most important things, hopefully the most important thing in our own lives. The third piece is a reality of, of one's own treasure, our financial giving, tithing. This is something that uh, we don't like to talk about. I myself don't like to talk about money. I would much rather just trust that you good people are benefited by your presence uh, here at St. Agnes, that, that you derive some spiritual good, some moral good, some, some human good from being here, and you respond in kind to, to be able to, uh, to show your, your gratitude for God and, and your hope that this place will keep existing in the form of financial giving. That's my genuine hope, and that's why this is probably one of the only times you hear me talk about encouraging you to give money to the to church, uh, is because it's my presumption that if we're doing our job, you will do yours, right? And so we're all kind of relying upon one another in the midst of this. But a few things as regards the financial giving is, one, it's, uh, it's important to recognize that the church relies upon uh, the tides of the community. Uh, that we are not subsidized by the diocese, that, we don't, uh, that the money that we, that we collect on weekends is not just for kind of uh, random projects or a little land yap for us to be able to, to do things here and there. Uh, the tithings, the tithes that we get from, from each of you and your generosity, they're things that literally allow us simply to keep running. There's no, there's no, you know, uh, million-dollar check that we get from the diocese uh, that says, hey, here's to make sure to keep the lights on, right? That's not a reality, right? Every single one, uh, every single penny that is given uh, is, for, uh, is for our community and needed by our community to be able to keep the lights on, to keep the air on, to get the air fixed when it goes out like it is today. Um, <laughs> anybody else a little warm or is it just me in the four layers of clothes? 
um, right? And so it's to, to be able to do just the practical things of, of parish life. Uh, these are the things that, that are needed and, and a necessity um, for that financial giving that we rely upon in our, in our community. And so, uh, again, it's an invitation to give and to be intentional about giving and to give generously, according to one's means, according to one's ability in a particular state and time of life. When we look at tithing, we've all heard the, the standard 10%, right? And good to give 10% of your, of your income. This comes, of course, from uh, the 14th chapter of Genesis, where Abram, before he's Abraham, uh, goes and he encounters Melchizedek, the great priest king of Jerusalem. And it's there that, that, that Melchizedek bestows blessings upon Abram. And Abram, in response, gives a tenth of all of his goods uh, to Melchizedek. And so Melchizedek, of course, is a type of Christ. Uh, and so what they're, what, what's simply being expressed there is, is that a tenth portion uh, is given to, um, essentially given to the Lord. Uh, and so this is, this is where we get that 10% number from. Uh, and so this is something that, that is a, indeed a, a goal to aim for. Uh, if you're not giving that percentage, uh, it's not a grave sin. Uh, but, you know, it's important to, to be able to, to strive to give in accordance with one mean, in one's means. If you want to aim for 10%, you know, to, to work up to it over time, fine and good. And the reality is that it doesn't mean it all has to go into one particular place. It doesn't mean that 10% of everything has to go to St. Agnes Catholic Church, as much as your pastor might like that. Uh, but it's to, it's to see that it's, it's to, give, to be given to the Lord, kind of broadly speaking. And so uh, I know there are many of you who support various charitable works, those of you who support religious communities, those of you who support the poor in, in concrete ways by giving, by giving things personally, you know, in, hand in hand uh, to another person. Uh, and so, you know, it's to be able to recognize that these also are, are ways in which we can be generous, that we can give a portion to one thing, a portion to another, a portion to another. Uh, and so it's uh, kind of generally just a, a good principle to be able to, uh, to make sure that we are doing something, right? That we're giving something of ourselves, something of our finances, according to our means, again, that we're able to, to offer these things to our blessed Lord. And then also, the uncomfortable thing sometimes is to be able to say that if you can give more than 10%, it's good to do so. Certainly your reward in heaven will be great. And we see this uh, partly an example from Zacchaeus. Everybody loves little Zacchaeus, right? The man who was short of stature. So in order to see our blessed Lord, he climbs up in the sycamore tree. And then whenever our Lord calls to him, he says, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house today. I want to come stay with you. Zacchaeus has this, this repentance of heart, and he comes down and he says, Lord, 50% of everything I own I give to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, I'll give them fourfold in return what I did. Right? So it's a man who, who knew the, the richness that he possessed, who knew the wealth that he had, and he knew that he could spare extra, that he could give more, and it was merited to him. And so this is a grace. If we can give more of whatever of these things, whether financially, of our time, of our talents, if we can give more of these things, certainly it is a good for the Lord, for the church. And so it's for us to recognize these things and again to consider them. Sometimes it can be easy to, to kind of allow happenstance to determine some of these, that, that if our calendar happens to be free, when, when we ha hear about something happening in the church, then we'll go. If, if we happen to have money in our wallet, then we'll, then we'll put it in the collection basket. Or, or these kinds of things where, where our giving, our generosity of self can sometimes be kind of sporadic here and there. Uh, it's important for us to be able to be intentional about these things. 
and really to consider them, to pray about them, to pray as a family, to pray as a couple if you're married, right? And to be able to consider how is it that I'm dedicating myself and my gifts to the body of Christ? How is it, how is it that I'm able to participate in the mission of Jesus Christ at work in his church? And so this is the call for us. The precept is there to provide for the needs of the church. And it's because we have a mission. It's because God has, has so greatly blessed us with tremendous gifts, and he calls us to take part in his mission. Not simply for the role of salvation to be something we reserve to himself, and we just get to be innocent bystanders to watch. But we get to take part in it, to take part in the salvation of souls. And as we do so, we grow in virtue ourselves. To give generously of ourselves is to recognize that we are able to detach more and more from the things of this world, not to be controlled by them, but to be freed from them. To detach from these things, to detach from possessions, to detach from our own will, is ultimately to allow ourselves to be more perfectly attached to the will of our Lord. And so as we offer this Mass, we pray that the Lord might fill us with his holy joys. We celebrate this Latari Sunday in the proximity of the Paschal Mysteries. We pray that the Lord would continue to draw us close to himself, to help us to see the gifts that we ourselves have first received from his hands, and to give generously in service to him and the mission entrusted to us.